Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the CEO and founder of the Innovative Leadership Institute, formerly Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. And I am delighted that today with us are Belinda Gore and Mark Palmer. And Belinda and Mark are the primary thought leaders and co-authors on the Innovative Leadership book series. So this is an incredible pleasure for me to have all of us in the same room. Belinda is a psychologist, coach, and experienced teacher skilled in supporting high-level learning and personal development, and she's a senior faculty member with the Deep Coaching Institute, where she uses the Enneagram system along with 30 years of experience in facilitating change to help coaches and leadership consultants learn to embody deep-level transformation through the practice of presence. Mark is the co-author on our books. He's the senior editor on the Innovative Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations. He's also a consultant and principal advisor with the Innovative Leadership Institute. He is the co-creator of the Precision Success Indicator, the Job Fit Calculator, and Labor Genome, a talent mapping technology that we use extensively for multiple purposes with our clients. So I want this series, the Innovative Leadership Series, to help leaders who are incredibly busy in their daily work to create an opportunity to learn in bite-sized chunks key topics that all of us are facing and kind of sharpen the saw on a regular basis. And my hypothesis is if we do this every week in small segments and put the what we learn into practice on an ongoing basis, and sometimes that's actually changing our behavior, and in other cases, it's changing our mindset, that we as leaders are able to innovate and stay current and ahead of the challenges that we're facing. So my hope for this show today, situational analysis is one of the five key elements in innovating how we lead. As such, it's a critical element in our framework, and I couldn't think of anyone better to have this conversation than the book's co-authors to talk about how to use this specific tool as we move from self-awareness to building resilience to evaluating the organization and then as leaders dealing with the interplay between who am I and what do I do and what does the organization need and what do I do in reaction to that. So let's start the segment with 
a deeper dis- well first welcome <laughs> both mark and melinda thank and, you thank you why don't you both tell us a little bit more about yourselves and then we'll jump into what is situational analysis oh i see the hand waving to me uh mark palmer here and uh, I think, as Maureen alluded to, my background is in organization development, leadership development, data and analytics, information systems. Uh, and I am an author and co-founder of Prietary Metrics around measuring talent fit and job fit. And uh, it's a great pleasure to be here to talk about situational analysis. Great. It's great to be here. It is. <laughs> We're a good group. I'm Belinda. I'm Belinda Gore, yes. So my background is as a psychologist, and long, long ago I was a psychotherapist. What I discovered is a couple of things in doing a lot of years of psychotherapy. One is that we're all on a spectrum of how healthy we are as we deal with various aspects of our lives. And we don't want to get caught in... Uh, splitting psychotherapy and personal development and what's required for good leadership. And so I teach coaching now and am a coach and have worked with organizations because I want to take what I've learned about who we are as people and make that more widely available so that our organizations are healthy as well as individuals being healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that said very much about me, but it's where I'm coming from, at least. Oh, thank you. So, I liked it. Okay. Mark, situational <laughs> analysis, because it's based in integral theory, mm. and you are the integral guru of the group. Oh, my. <laughs> Here's what comes to mind for me. Situational analysis. The mathematician G. Spencer Brown said something pretty profound. He said, if you're going to build a world you have to have at least four things, inside and outside, singular and plural. That means nothing to most of us. Um, There's a point, I'm driving a point. (laughs) He's getting there. I'm getting there. I'm just at the start of this. (laughs) So I think it's situational analysis. It's a lot to take in. So as human beings, we do well chunking things up and secondly, looking for patterns. So. There's a lot to encompass in situational awareness. So the first thing I think is, how am I going to create some kind of consistent approach where I can chunk things up? Because in situational analysis, what comes up for me is the importance of covering your bases, being comprehensive, not leaving things on the table, not leaving things out. So to do that, if you take what I'm talking about in terms of inside and outside, Now, let's apply that to the organization. What does that mean? Outside stuff to me means functional stuff, systems. I've got functional things I need to be aware of, processes, procedures, methodologies, those types of things. And everybody is typically on board. When you talk about organizations, everybody typically has an eye on that stuff. That's what we consultants do. Exactly. Or that's what most people think about consultants <laughs> doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course, the problem is they leave it there. Right. So mm-hmm. in the interest of being complete and for completeness, there's an inside component too, which is also another way to say cultural realities. So in situational analysis, the first thing I think of contextually is 
I've got an eye on functional things, but I also have to have an eye on cultural or interpersonal things because those are realities that are happening all the time. So I know when I go into anything as a leader, I have to be keenly aware. I have to be very mindful organizationally that, hey, there are some functional things I need to define, that I need to assess and analyze, and there are some cultural things that I need to define, assess, and analyze. Let me ask you a question, Mark, because I talk about these things, of course, in organizations, mm-hmm. and people say culture. Well, you know, we're we're a Southern culture, or yeah. we're a... And that's not what you mean by right. culture. So would you talk yeah. about that a little more? Yeah, sure. This this is, you know, the emergence of organization culture has been a very hot topic the last 10 years or so. And oftentimes, I feel like when organizations talk about culture, they talk aspirationally about what they desire to be. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, from a more orthodox standpoint, culture here means what are the values in practice or the norms that are practiced from the organizational standpoint? How do we define success? How do we define participation and cooperation? That looks different. So it's really what's happening, what's the interpersonal temperature that's, that's in motion that the organizations are exhibiting. So I talk about that often as the agreements. What it's are the a beautiful way to as humans have? exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 oftentimes those agreements need to be unearthed, mm-hmm. right? Because so we think we have agreements. We think and then, right? exactly. <laughs> I have well, agreements with you that you don't agree exactly. with. <laughs> exactly, because we do the legalistic agreements and we do the vision and mission statement, and believe that we've named it. And I think exactly. you were already talking about. Yes. What's the real culture exactly. as mm-hmm. compared to what we say the culture is? Absolutely. How do we find that out? Absolutely. And I think, well, part of it is really saying this is culture, not this. So it's part of it is getting realigned and reoriented on what actually mm-hmm. is culture. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge step. And then it's having an honest conversation. And if even that little bit can happen... I think things mm-hmm. can open up. But that is the trick. Are leaders really ready for that level beyond aspirations, mm-hmm. which is sort of toting the party line? Mm-hmm. Are you really ready to have an honest conversation and unearth what the agreements are and make those explicit? And so what that means to me is that leaders have to be willing to face the truth yeah. <laughs> and speak honestly and walk the talk. I, I think as leaders, what we really get challenged with is pretty much what we have to do as parents, that our kids don't do what we tell them to do. They do what they see us doing. Right. And that's the same in any organization, whether it's 15 people or 15,000. The leader sets the tone. And I think there's nothing more important than the leader understanding that everybody's watching all the time. So that's a great segue because situational analysis has four components. We talked about culture and systems being the organizational. There are also the leader inside and outside. Yes. Yes. So now you have these four aspects of here's at the macro level. Now, there's a micro level. So there's this micro to macro dynamic, too. So not only are we talking about 
culture and systems, but at the micro level, it's what's going on for me inside. What's my, sometimes what's called in, interiority or mm-hmm. thoughts and disposition. And then what's my role? How do, how do am I expected to participate? Uh, what are maybe some of my strengths operationally mm-hmm. involved in that so that, that I can communicate those as well? So there's this interplay. We're talking about covering all the bases with those four things. And again, that gets back to G. Spencer's Brown thing on, you know, kind of singular plural. Singular is me, right? My inner reality, my outer strengths. Plural is the culture and the systems. So now we've got a context. We've got a basis to start talking about that. And there's an interplay. And it's really that interplay that is the baseline to then say, okay, I'm going into a situation. I can almost sequentially just sort of check off the boxes. How am I feeling? You know, what are, are the values that I'm mm-hmm. entering? And then on the system side, what's my role? And what, how's that play in the larger system for functional things that we have to do as an organization? And I'd add to that the issue with calling it situational analysis is that as a leader, I have to look at all of these elements and looking at my own interiority is one thing. And then I have to remember that you have an interiority too. Let's just up the (laughs) end. Right. And our interpersonal relationship fits within the larger context of the organizational culture. So as a leader, I have to be mindful of myself, mindful of you, and mindful of what the larger agreements are. That's right. That's right. There's a lot to take in. I love that because it really gets to part of the work of leadership that happens before the, the what is often called the real work ever gets mm-hmm. done. Yes. Yes. And see, I call this the real <laughs> yeah. work. I know. <laughs> well, and that's, out of it, the, the real exactly. work emerges. That's right. Uh, yeah. And that's, Belinda, that's a great point. Out of it, the real work emerges. And what I see is a huge gap in organizations is that this setting, this, this baselining of, hey, what's going on situationally never occurs. And so we proceed and we do things as, an, as a broader organization culture without having defined and established you know, what is the state? What is the current state of state of things? If we do that, that's 80 to 90% of it many times. And then prioritization can happen quite naturally. Uh, we can be very sensitive to the dynamics in the room. Alignment can happen very naturally. These things can be outcomes of having first set the stage of just acknowledging what's there. Acknowledging what's there is a big, big part of the work. If we can do that, then as you say, the rest of the work can spring out of that quite naturally. Well, and just imagine how much more effective the work is if I know what you're excited about, what you're good at, what you don't like, and what you're afraid of, and you take on roles you're really darn good at, and you feel free and comfortable to say, hey, not that for me. Exactly. And I want that one. And if all of us are top of our game, just like a sports team, you know, in a sports team, mm-hmm. we know who plays which role. Exactly. And you wouldn't want me as a quarterback. Well, you wouldn't want me on a sports team. <laughs> um, right. But you know what the role is and you know what the parameters are. And yeah. it seems like in business organizations, we don't have the same liberty to say this is in bounds and this is out of bounds and this is where I'm going to play as effectively. That's right, which is utterly problematic because without establishing those boundaries, 
then the roles don't make sense. Um, and there are huge gaps and we're leaving out big chunks of organizational reality that we need to factor into the equation. I think there's an opening here <laughs> for a larger conversation about what we call presence and how being able to be fully present in the moment is even more bottom line mm -hmm. than all of this because without learning how to be really present with what's really happening, we make up stories. As a leader, I can see what I think I want to see or interpret it mm -hmm. in the way that I've always interpreted it rather than really showing up, paying attention, noticing my own process, but lots of times what we do in deep coaching is, what am I feeling in my body? And I have CEOs who kind of raise their eyebrows and say, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. <laughs> and I talk about the fact that our body awareness moves into the right brain. And so we have all this left brain analysis, but if we can activate the right brain as well, mm -hmm. then we're whole brained. So I say, do you want the advantage or not of yeah. working mm -hmm. with your whole self or part of yourself? And so being fully aware of the body, of our emotions, of our interiority, we have a better chance of really being able to see what's going on. And if I can see it, I can manage it. Right. I, I can make better decisions, at least. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say control it. <laughs> okay, so on that thought, we're going to go to break. And for our listeners, I would invite you, as we listen to our sponsors, think about, are you present to what's going on? Do you even have a, a sense of what that might look like for you? And we'll be back momentarily with Belinda Gore and Mark Palmer talking about situational analysis. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're with uh, Maureen Metcalf. Mark Palmer and Belinda Gore. And before break, Belinda started talking about presence. Mark's going to pick us back up on that topic. And hopefully, as our listeners, you had a moment to think about how presence might look for you. I love Belinda's point about presence. When I think about this, earlier I talked about completeness, you know, covering all the bases. Being present, when I think of that the importance of it. Why does it matter? Why does it matter that I'm here? Think about being in situations and dealing with our own biases, the biases of, you know, all sorts of biases in terms of how we see the world, how we define what's there. And again, functionally, culturally, being present provides a way for us to acknowledge what's really happening in the moment versus using our filters to define what's happening. And I think second to that, it also allows us to acknowledge others in a way that allows their realities as well. And and again, it gets back to if I'm defining the world in terms of my filters, I have preconceived notions of, you know, not only what I think about things, but also what I think others perceive and how they define the world as well. So we talk a lot about curiosity and learning as well as big attributes of leadership. If I'm not present, then I'm automatically shutting off those valves as well. The ability, the capacity to learn, the capacity to be curious, the capacity for discovery, to innovate, all those things that we deem that are important, aspects that we want, characteristics that we teach you know, in the broader organization mm-hmm. culture that we value as these are things mm-hmm. that leaders need to have. But if I'm not present, those things cannot come online. So presence provides a way for us to get beyond our own filters, mm-hmm. our own biases, be with ourselves in terms of here's what's actually what I'm actually feeling. Here's a more objective way to look at mm-hmm. things. Here's a better way to acknowledge other people's realities as mm-hmm. well. And then that opens up the channel for all those things to come online. So I'm going to build on the presence topic. If you've listened to any of the shows on neuroscience, when we are not present, about 99% of our behavior 
comes from those Belinda talks about the stories and the pre-developed scripts that our brain comes up with. Mm-hmm. So if I if my brain feels like I am at risk, it will escalate my physiological response by a factor of eight to ten times. So I am based on things that have happened earlier in my life and sometimes in childhood my brain has created a script that now is informing my adulthood. Mm -hmm. Those scripts are often extremely out of date and can drive ineffective behavior but we don't realize it because it's happening in the background in autopilot and yet I Mm -hmm. think I'm making decisions when in fact some habit or predefined script is doing it and it is it is how our physiology is wired to keep us alive Mm -hmm. those scripts are what keep us from walking out of the house with no clothes on in the morning we like those scripts (laughs) right they keep us safe they keep us alive but beyond alive if we're not paying attention they keep us stuck in old patterns and only by being aware of something like, you know, Belinda was saying, pay attention to my body. When I feel stressed in a situation that shouldn't be stressful, there's something else online for me. Right. And if I'm not paying attention, I am likely to make a suboptimal or even stupid decision mm-hmm. because I'm not paying attention. And part of the issue is I may be stressed and not even know it. Mm-hmm. Because I've cultivated a persona that I, I'm feeding mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. stories into. Mm-hmm. And so I have to learn how to register tension, anxiety. I'm triggered by someone. Mm-hmm. More complicated mm-hmm. theory talks about object relations as the personality develops. But what that really means is I sit down in a meeting with the two of you, and all of a sudden, Maureen's irritating me. You know, it's like, what's going (laughs) And I don't know why, but I start reacting to her. Mm -hmm. And I may have to pull back and say, so what's going on here Mm -hmm. that I'm feeling so irritated? And maybe this is an old story Mm -hmm. that it's not even you that I'm irritated with. I'm irritated with somebody who played your role in a Mm -hmm. story 27 years ago, Mm -hmm. and that's what's coming forward. Now, I don't want us to be totally talking about situational analysis from a totally psychological point of view, but I think what all three of us are doing is registering from our own experience as well as our model-building experience that without an appreciation for what we're bringing to the table, how we're wired, what triggers us, we're not accurately assessing the situation. Mm -hmm. And that's what situational analysis Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. that we can be objective enough, Mm -hmm. that we can stand back, look at ourselves, Mm -hmm. my interiority, my behavior, your interiority as much as I know it, mm-hmm. or maybe I communicate with you about it, mm-hmm. your behavior, the organizational culture, and the larger culture within which we're operating. Maybe mm-hmm. we're dealing with stakeholders. Yeah. Maybe we're dealing with consumers. Maybe we're dealing with whomever. Mm-hmm. And then what are our processes? Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm kind of circling back to where we started that most consultants or, or we think about consultancy as improving the procedures and the way we go about doing things. And that's a portion and an important portion, but we're really speaking passionately for a look at the other quadrants. Well, and I think what brings, what makes our work unique from others is many consultants focus on the systems and the culture or just the systems or just the culture. And many leadership development and coaching people focus on developing leaders and changing behaviors. And we're really advocating that all four have to be addressed. So my insides, what I think and feel, my outsides, my behavior need to be aligned. All of that needs to be aligned with the culture and the systems and processes. And the fact that we are enacting or leading or subjected to lots of changes at the same time now with the rate of change going on in our world our role is to both react and lead through these series of changes often conflicting Mm -hmm. so we're implementing a system we're doing something with the culture we're changing engagement we're doing an initiative for leadership development, and often those are are not aligned or not even considered as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I I want us to be clear that the model we work from is really not a deficit model, saying oh my gosh these things are left out, but rather yeah. to say here we are, we're showing up, reality is unfolding mm-hmm. every moment, change is occurring constantly. How do I stay alert and awake, mm-hmm. not revert mm-hmm. to the old patterns? Because that's why we do it, we're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to do, I'm going to do what I did last year. How do we just be with all of that and stay calm and, you know, and awake? Yeah, yeah. conscious, yeah. yeah. Because the beauty of these models isn't that you can memorize a model, but that we put it in practice to help us almost like a checklist. Mm-hmm. I go through it with problem-solving cases mm-hmm. with clients. I worked with a restaurant chain, and they were looking at cost-cutting, and one of the options was to specify the amount of free food people got during a shift. Mm. You work at, at a bakery, and you get one baked good and one soup and one salad. And it seems like a good idea until the leaders realized that they would have to fire people who ate too much because they were stealing food. That's inconsistent Mm -hmm. with their values. Mm -hmm. And they had to change their accounting system to track down how many soups and rolls and things people ate. Mm -hmm. And did that offset the savings? So often we... If we look mainly through the systems lens, these things make sense. When we look through the situational awareness lens and look at all four components, would I fire someone who ate too much? And Not so comfortably. No. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So we're talking about getting to the point of being able to have that quadrant operating all the time. Mm-hmm. And we remind ourselves to check in my interiority and yours, my behavior and yours, our culture, our systems and processes, that we're doing that I used the word earlier, calmly. Maybe I'm not calm all the time, but it's that <laughs> that I'm not going through the flight, 
what is it, fight and flight or or freeze. freeze. (laughs) Yeah, I can keep breathing. I kind of know a little bit about what's the next thing to do. And then we get to what the flow model is Mm -hmm. all about. I think we've talked about him before. I learned to say his name. Chick sent me high, who did the the, (laughs) uh, flow. I know. Am I good or what? That's good. That we have to be challenged or we get Mm -hmm. bored. But if our challenge is too great, we're stressed. So Mm -hmm. we're balancing the challenge with our skills. And what our model is about is cultivating the skills to let us be with these highly challenging situations, not to say, okay, we're going to deal with it, but to say, wow, I'm challenged and I'm in the flow. It's Mm -hmm. great. And in the flow, I'm paying attention to how I feel. Right. Paying attention Mm -hmm. to how people around me feel in service of being able to perform as a highly tuned team Mm -hmm. to deliver results. Mm -hmm. I, I think you can hear it in me. What I really want is for people to love their work, for leaders to enjoy being leaders. Yeah. And that's hard to do right now. So many people, I don't run into hardly anybody who's not just overwhelmed with yeah. the stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of it's the stuff of work. Some of it's the stuff of aging parents, mm-hmm. family dynamics, kids, all of the things in life that we're balancing in addition to high-demand jobs. And so we get back to the situational analysis. What balance do I need in order to perform well, feel good, live in my culture, and do the work? Drive the, drive the work. Dri- drive the, yeah, drive the bus. Realistically, what do I need? And sometimes the hard answer is... I have to be more realistic about what I can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody, you know, that's not what CEOs and boards of directors yeah, and whoever want to hear. And yet, we also want a workforce who's doing the mm-hmm. things you talked about of being able to do the work we know how to do, that we love to do, that we enjoy doing, so that we can go beyond. Mm-hmm. Not by overproducing, but because we're riding the wave and new things emerge mm-hmm. in that healthy balance. That's an important point, Belinda, you bring up, not by producing, which is a brute force approach, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what we're used to doing, grinding through things, mm-hmm. rather than allowing things to unfold. And as I think about the practicalities of, well, how would I even get started to do this? Mm-hmm. Just even having that checklist If we Mm can go through that four-step checklist and Mm -hmm. cover the bases, it will at least start to put us in touch Mm -hmm. with the reality of being comprehensive as we can. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just, as you said, Belinda, checking in here, myself, my behavior, Mm -hmm. the culture, the systems. It's literally going through that checklist. If you just exercise that checklist, That in itself starts to change how you're relating with any moment. And that's a good place to start. 
we're trying to take things that are explicit and jumbled in our heads mm-hmm. and make it explicit and get it down. And if we do that checklist, we can say, here's what's going on in this thing, this thing, this thing. And now we get it out, and now it's on the table. We can deal with it and talk about it. So as we wrap up this segment, one of the things that comes to mind for me so much as I, as I work with senior executives who are basically stewards of all the employees and their families who work for them, right? I've got to provide a profit to our shareholders, and every family here counts on me to make good decisions mm-hmm. for us to deliver results. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm so passionate about this model is I think it helps us be more present and more effective me, myself, us, our leadership team, and all of the people who are looking to us to make good decisions so that we can thrive and they can thrive and our clients get great value. Yeah. So as we go on break, I invite our listeners to think about who counts on you and how could you use this model to ensure that you're delivering at your best. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Metcalf and Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf and Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. 
Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We've been talking about situational analysis. What is it? Why does it matter? How do we create alignment? And we went on break talking about, as leaders, whether it's the leader of an organization or a family or a sports team, people count on us. They expect us to bring our best selves and to do good work, however we define good and however they define work. So, Mark, you were talking during break a little bit about that. Sure. I I think all of us internalize that level of responsibility and accountability. Mm -hmm that there are others on our teams. It's almost in a situation of extended family. So mm-hmm. that caring is there. But what do we do? Great question. Part of situational analysis modeling here is making it easier for ourselves to account for reality so that we can make better decision-making mm-hmm. and that we can also see how things impact each other, how things are interconnected. I love the interconnection is foundational. Right. So to just say the same thing in a different way is we set goals. We set measurable goals. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, I don't know, number of widgets produced or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's really easy in a work environment to get preoccupied with fulfilling that goal, believing that if we fulfill that goal, it will mean that we're providing for our families, for our teams, for our workforce. And so we're making the point that situational analysis means the goal of production is one quarter of the whole picture. That's right. That's right. And it is important to look at how are we producing? Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is. So I'm going to pull from a children's movie, uh, the <laughs> Christopher Robin, the Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Robin has grown up and he works for a, a luggage company and he's not selling luggage. And I don't remember all of the details. But at the end, because he has spent time with Winnie the Pooh and everybody else, he has a different perspective so that he realizes that the recommendation is that the CEO gives everybody a raise. (gasps) How can that help us thrive? If everybody has a raise, they can go on vacation. If they go on vacation, Everybody will need luggage, not just the upper 5% of the population. (laughs) And so we have shifted our perspective. And so I put myself in the role of that CEO saying, what do you mean give everybody a raise in two weeks vacation? How's that going (laughs) to help me succeed? Because I'm stuck in my rut of believing that this is how... I produce. And the real geniuses, the the leaders who are geniuses, are the ones who can say, "Mm, let's wiggle these goals around a little bit. Mm -hmm. If we're under that much pressure to produce, maybe we're not producing the right Mm -hmm. thing or Or going about it it in the way that lets it flow. Mm -hmm. So if it's not flowing, I think that's our opportunity to say, have I checked in? 
on all these segments. That's beautiful. Yeah, that gives us a very living methodology. Right. In the moment, in the moment Mm -hmm. when I feel resistance, this is too hard. This is unnaturally hard. Mm -hmm. Check in. Mm -hmm. Now I can check Mm -hmm. back in. Am I covering all the bases? Am Mm -hmm. I being comprehensive with reality? Mm -hmm. And rather than being partial, which Mm -hmm. is really what we're trying to avoid here. And it's not that it's not true. It's true, but partial. Mm -hmm. And we want to be comprehensive. Exactly. And too often I encounter cultures in which the leaders are saying, don't be such a crybaby. You know, get in there and work harder. You know, brute force. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that occasionally brute force may be necessary. Short term. But but Mm -hmm. as a way of operating, you know, we keep redefining jobs and, you know, one person does two people's job, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, that we're not being creative then. Yes. That if people are having to do brute force all the time, it's not a creative flow. That's right. Not only is it not creative, it's not sustainable. It burns us out. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, as I think about the quadrants and how did I put them in practice, Mm -hmm. it's easy to say use a checklist. And yet for me, it was hard. It took a long time to really get good at this. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did, part of writing the books, was coming up with questions in each quadrant for different situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when the book Winning the War for Talent came out, I went through each chapter and came up with questions for each quadrant. Mm-hmm. Just like, how do I do this? And then I worked with someone who knew a lot more than I did. And he told me my questions were bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of all of ours, so I won't say the name. Um, but, but just practicing has now made this kind of second nature. Mm -hmm. But just like having a good golf swing or a tennis swing or being a good dancer or whatever, constant practice, often with a coach, is the only way we make this habit. Yeah. Otherwise, I can talk about it at a cocktail party, Mm -hmm. which makes me not the most popular (laughs) cocktail party guest. (laughs) It's not turning into how I do the work. And Mm -hmm. so the reason I say that is for our listeners who say, that's nice, what the heck do I do? Right. Asking the questions in the moment, how do I feel about this? Yes. What do I do? So mm-hmm. inside, how do I feel? How does this align with my values? What do mm-hmm. I do? Am I putting it in practice? Do I need to change my behavior at this moment? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm doing aligned with the culture or in conflict? And are there system and process changes? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm doing aligned? And if I'm trying to implement six changes at a time, it's like walking through spaghetti. Yeah. Often my job as the leader is to step back and try to align the multiple initiatives mm-hmm. and realign and renegotiate and realign and renegotiate. It's an right. ongoing cycle of trying to rebalance all of the competing commitments mm-hmm. And that's the goal. The goal is not the achievable metric, because we achieve it and then we change. I mean, (laughs) you know. And we go into the next one. Right, exactly. (laughs) That the goal is to stay present with what's happening, to become able to balance these various factors, including what's happening in the larger environment Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. if we need to change our 
goals, if we need mm-hmm. to change our processes, if we need to change our culture, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. recognize it. And it's not like, oh, no, I've got to do this. It's like it's the continual homeostasis yeah. that our bodies are doing right. all the mm-hmm. time. That's right. And in many ways, as leaders, we do these things already. Yes. Oh, right? We yes. Do. Yeah. We're doing these things, you know, simple, practical thing considerations that we make, such as who's my audience when I go into a meeting? You know, who's the team that I'm interacting with? Who are the mm-hmm. stakeholders? But we're just extending that. Who's the audience mm-hmm. in terms of what's the temperature in terms of dispositions? What types of things do I need to key in mm-hmm. on? But also, what are, what are our goals? So these are things that we do. I think what we're advocating here is to extend that now into a more robust type of, of framework mm. where we're just taking things that we already do naturally, or I should say as leaders that we do in an organization that we're, we do from a practical standpoint already and augment that yeah. with this. I'm glad you're saying that because I don't want us to be talking like here's this otherworldly thing (laughs) that, in fact, we built this model looking at what do we know about what works? Yes. Yeah. From the most effective leaders. That's right. Right. What are we doing already? Most of us, to your point, do it already sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Probably often when we are rested, (laughs) fed. (laughs) (laughs) We're just making a practice of being deliberate about it every single time. time. Right. Because we need that realistic picture to assess the real constraints. When we look at projects, we have to deliver on goals. If we look at all of reality and can be present with that, then we can say, okay, these are our actual constraints. This is how we can course correct. Here are options. We can communicate those constraints to uh, to upper management, to, to shareholders, whoever our mm-hmm. audience is, to our team members, and mm-hmm. so forth. It allows us to do things. It gives us options where Previously, if we don't put these things online, it feels like we don't have options. And then we get back into that reactive trigger behavior. Exactly. Nice overview. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, as we're coming closer to the end of the show, how do we synthesize what we've been talking about? This is very practical. I think there's the danger of, as Belinda alluded to, thinking that this is a conceptual model. Mm -hmm. Those are just guideposts. It's taking what you do already considering the audience, considering the goals, and being very deliberate about it. So we're taking something that's implicit, making it explicit. Build this into your practice. Build this into your meetings. Make room for it in the structure of your meetings. So we have to institutionalize these things. That way it gives us training wheels to then get up and going, and then it becomes part of our flow. So there are opportunities to do that too. And Maureen was using a comparison with practicing a golf swing. And if you're working with a golf coach, you know, there are all these various factors and you pay attention, but you keep practicing until you don't think about it so much. Mm -hmm. And your whole system is integrated Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the point, is we're just trying to be the coaches to say, mm. when you stand like this, when you hold it like this, when you do blah, 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 <laughs> I don't play golf, so I'm not doing <laughs> anything. So yeah. Pretty accurate. That we're wanting to point out the various factors. And it is awkward when we're trying to think it through, mm-hmm. but practice As someone said, everything improves with practice. So 
one just very practical. I gave the example of the restaurant that was putting into practice, uh, looking at a cost-cutting measure. Mm-hmm. As we're making decisions, asking, does this align with my values? Am I willing to do what is required when I put this into practice? Is it aligned with our culture? And can we do it? What has to happen systemically? Mm-hmm. So just as a very concrete example of how do I use this, it's a decision criteria. And I want to add the part of, and how do I feel inside? And if Mm -hmm. I'm resisting something, I need to pay attention to what I'm resisting because there may be some information Mm -hmm. there that I'm not paying attention to. And whether I I push forward and do it anyway because it's a change I need to make internally or if it's giving me information that says, Doom, doom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Driving and, toward a cliff. And <laughs> how to discern that. Yeah. 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 Paying attention yeah. Mm-hmm. so that we learn that discernment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we've learned to power through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How do we power through That's smartly? That's theme in this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not powering through yes. unnecessarily. Because sometimes we go over the cliff that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen that. <laughs> sometimes ourselves. <laughs> exactly. So I want to thank both of you so much for sharing your wisdom and just the fun of of sharing with our listeners kind of what our process was as Mm. we wrote and have put this work into our personal lives and our business lives in practice for seven, eight, ten years now. Ten years together. So thank you for sharing it with our listeners and for our listeners. I hope you heard something in this conversation about how situational analysis as leaders helps us be more effective, how when we are present to ourselves and what's happening in our environment and adapt and flow with it rather than having to brute force it, that the results are better and one, we feel better, but everyone around us also experiences a better outcome. The business results and the experience of working with us improves. So we invite your feedback. Email me at info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.